Welcome to Crash Talking, generously brought to you by our partners at Oracle. And now, at 5'8", from Kager, also known as the Kraft Analytics Group, and MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference co-founder, Jessica Gelman. And weighing in at just over 200 pounds, with a full beard from the Philadelphia 76ers, and the other MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference co-founder, Daryl Morey. Data. Data. Ridiculous opening. Whatever. I like it. Data. Wait, we have charts? We have everything. Oh, sorry. Glenn, you can come up here. Come on up here. <laughs> Glenn. <laughs> we also welcome to the stage Kathy Carter, the CEO of the LA 28 Olympics and Paralympics, longtime sports executive and leader, also previously president of Soccer uh, United Marketing, the for-profit marketing arm of the MLS, also was a goalie at William & Mary. <laughs> Woo, goalie, I should have asked you that. My son's a goalie, yeah. Next up, we have Ariel Kelman, currently the CMO and EVP at Oracle, previously at AWS and Salesforce, leading massive innovation in sports, including Red Bull Racing, the Premier League, and the Golden State Warriors. Woo. And, and last but not least, we have Nate Silver, the founder and editor-in-chief of award-winning website 538 and the go-to predict election predictor Nate first gained notoriety in sports for developing a system for forecasting the performance and development of MLB players. He's a semi-professional poker player. His book, The Signal and the Noise, was named as the best nonfiction work, excuse me, nonfiction work in 2012. Over to you, Jessica. Whew. All right. Nice. We are thrilled to host a live version of our podcast with our superstar guests. We're gonna talk about demystifying and debunking the myths of analytics and sports, and specifically the dangers of using trash data to make decisions. So Ariel, we're hoping that you will bring a great perspective on technology and sports. Kathy, how you're pushing the boundaries of innovation with LA28, and Nate, on all things predictions and likely swearing. <laughs> <laughs> So this is fun because um, you know we have good history with with these folks, and uh, so I'm going to get right into it. Is there anything you want to add here? No, you're good. But let's give a shout out for Daryl on his T-shirt. Oh yeah, support women's sports. sports. With it's, the yeah. yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right. So what is what is cool when we've done this trash talking podcast in the past? We've mostly focused on I guess I would call like the baseball, football, soccer, basketball, and we're gonna bring some other perspectives uh, and learnings. So let's get going. What, what uh, sport has the most opportunity to add analytics? And specifically, what are the key factors that you would consider in defining a sport that has the most opportunity? So I wanna start with Daryl and Nate on that kind of a. Oh, thanks. Well, I mean, I'll go so you can think. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, 
for me, uh, when I think of opportunity, I would define it as, you know, you could take an average team to maybe being a champion or, or some vast improvement just with the introduction of, you know, rigorous use of analytics. And the one I thought of, apparently Nate was not prepped for this question like I was. Thank you, Jessica. You're welcome. Uh, I would go with, I would go with volleyball. Um, it's absolutely a sport that, as far as I can tell, because I, you know, my son played and I, so I'm an expert now, apparently. Um, uh, it, though you can tell that there's a lot of intricate strategy to it. Um, there's a lot of, it's got a lot of network analysis of passing, uh, whether or not you get the ball over the net on quick hits, whether you take aggressive serves, there's a lot of analytics. And my sense is, uh, from what I've seen, very little usage, uh, which makes it very ripe for, for improvement. Um, and we've had volleyball papers at the conference, but I think only one. Yeah, only one. Yeah. I believe that's true. I mean, I guess I'll focus more on like the big five, counting oh. hockey, although hockey is debatable about whether it's a big five or not, I guess. Um, but no, I mean, the traditional spectrum is that you have baseball in front of the analytics revolution, basketball closely behind, then a big gap, and then maybe soccer, hockey, and football in some order, right? I do wonder if those middle two, soccer and hockey, is where you have the most upside now. I mean, football, you're dealing with a lot of data. It's hard to quantify very small sample sizes. Um, I don't think these problems seem quite as irresolvable in, in hockey or soccer. You have maybe cultural differences that have an impact there. So in terms of like, where will the Sloan panel in five years be more advanced than the one this year? It might be the, the hockey panel, for example, or volleyball, who knows? Yeah, and I, I think that's not exactly what I was asking, but that's okay. <laughs> um, it's, I mean, I think we're, we're talking about more like Olympic type sports, yeah. right? And then how would we go Oh, wow, say, really crushing volleyball there. Yeah, and- Well, it's know, an Olympic sport. I was, I was actually, ta <laughs> I was, was talking to Nate. Props. I think she was actually oh, supporting Nate. you. Yeah, I was oh. saying Nate. I thought you were saying we both this. failed the I don't question. know when football was an Olympic sport, Daryl. You um, never know. You <laughs> never know. I, I think it's commonly played in the summer, actually. In the Olympics? Yeah, oh. football, definitely. Okay, yeah. a different kind of football. A different kind. Um, but as we're thinking um, about where there's like an over-dependence on one position or maybe, for example, how much influence a coach has, like what are some of these other factors that could potentially... Um, have influence. So I'll, I'll keep going because Kathy actually has a good example. Um, yes. So I was prepped for that one. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, but I think it, 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 it's very interesting. So um, I think the question here is where have you seen in an Olympic sport where there is a focus on analytics, like where there's been the most impact? You know, is it the, the competing better or is it improving the athlete performance, which is what a lot of what we're thinking about, I think. In, in as analytics progresses? Well, I think it's, I think it's yes and to, to a large degree. I think volleyball, and actually I think the entirety of the Olympic um, sporting calendar, if you will, there are a handful of sports that are perhaps um, where they're, they're data rich, but, but actually I think it's coming up and I think that's one of the great areas of investment for us. Uh, again, less about when you host a game, probably more when you are actually then competing. And I think I even have an example of, of a real time where we saw this with uh, just these last number of weeks what? in uh, the winter games. You want to yeah. throw it up? Yeah, th throw up the... Uh, so the... I, quite frankly, was unaware of this uh, to a large degree until we started looking at data and realizing that, that uh, 
team pursuit speed skating. Uh, three athletes that actually compete together uh, as a team uh, that actually have to cross the line um, and you're trying to compete against other teams. And conventional wisdom was that you would actually rotate. You would, you would draft and rotate and draft and rotate. And they started crunching the numbers and they realized that um, two things. Number one is that, that actually when the front athlete would come and become the, the last athlete, having two athletes now basically side by side created more wind resistance. And that by keeping the first athlete in the first position and using a push technology, basically where you're pushing because that's allowed by the rules, that you can actually increase the overall efficiency of the team and the team actually can perform far better. Now, how did that end up in a result? Um, the US team that now found this and started to deploy this actually went from being a middle of the road uh, type of, of um, team and not, well, not thought of to a world record winning team by virtue of the efficiency uh, that they actually could, could see in the overall performance of the team. And so that wasn't something they thought that, well, okay, let's try this. It was because they, they really crunched numbers and looked at reams of data that ultimately suggested, and that data actually got buy-in from the athletes. Um, because the athletes didn't believe it until they actually saw the data, and then they went out and performed, and boom, they become, become world record holders. I would say they, they didn't perform at their best. They, did, they won a bronze medal, um, but they were widely considered a favorite for the gold. But it is where you're starting to see uh, a very um, significant increase in, in just the analytics involved in, in Olympic sports that may not have the same economic drivers uh, to finding that edge of of, uh, of competition in, in, Did in other teams copy their strategy. They're starting to, mm -hmm. yeah, they're starting to. So, so I think that's a competing better, right? It wasn't that's necessarily right. improving the athlete performance, which we've obviously seen a number of athletes being able to improve their performance. I don't know. Is there any other kind of competing better concept where this was a great idea, but I mean that you could think of knowing your knowledge of the Olympics, where that could potentially, and the answer could be no, Daryl. You're looking at me with a dazed look. Yeah, I'm not sure I have one. I, I would say that I think one way to tell which sports could be attacked with data is, and, and Kathy can correct me if I'm wrong, is that I believe the Chinese national team took a very rigorous look, especially before Beijing, and others of which sports that they felt like they could take data, technology, money, and improve their medal standings. Uh, and I believe it was quite successful, is my memory. Yeah, no, I think that, that we're seeing that across the board, certainly. Um, it just also, which I think we're seeing across not just Olympic sports, but, but we're taking a page out of probably more professional, and by no means am I an expert in this space, but, but ultimately you're starting to see, um, and we were hearing from many of our Olympians just over the last number of, of weeks with the, the games going on in, in, uh, in China, um, just the way that they go about the efficiency with, with which they train. I mean, it used to be, and this was consistent, that you just go out and you train as hard as you possibly can, and that through that rigor, you actually will achieve greater performance, and that's actually now proven not to be correct. Uh, and so the, the sports science is, it, it, around the human performance is at a whole different level, and we'll continue to see that, whether it's uh, nutrition and, and what type of weights and what type of, of anaerobic and aerobic and we're seeing that, that really come into play across the board. And I think one of the things though, ironically enough, that I think in the advent of all of the data and analytics, both in terms of on-field but also performance, what we are now starting to realize is we've got to actually start to prioritize mental health. Because while you can achieve unbelievable things uh, with your, from a body perspective and you can push yourself to, to, to no end, 
we actually have to treat our mind with the same level of, of care that we do our bodies. And I'd say that's a big area for us all to be looking at. The science on mental, on the mental approach to maximum performance is improving yeah. pretty rapidly. Lots of papers, um, and Jessica's been on this for a while, so. Yeah. I'm a big believer, all the way back from, to college. So I think the, the point here is that we're starting to see the application of analytics and technology extend in really meaningful ways, and that's, that's really exciting. We can talk about what we think are future sports um, or where there's the most opportunity. I think it's a good discussion. If, as we're talking, you have more ideas, bring them up. The other components that I, that I think are really meaningful and transitioning is um, what's happening with broadcasts. And Ariel, in, in particular, you have really brought data uh, throughout your career to broadcast to enhance the fan experience, like in a super meaningful way. So you, uh, you, know, you helped drive MLB StatCast, StatCast, next gen stats for the NFL, and most recently you've been doing a bunch of work with F1 and the Premier League. And you, I, I just, I wanna share this because I think the intent here is to invoke thoughts and ideas. Um, can we show this video of the sale GP and the AR overcast, and if you if you wouldn't mind speaking to this. Yeah, so so this is sale GP. It's a sailing league, a relatively new uh, sport that has ten teams uh, from different countries, all having spec boats. And what you see here is their augment. You know, I sort of think of this as augmented reality of putting additional data onto the broadcast to make the sport easier to understand for people that may not have typically watched the sport before. Because you know, you're sort of seeing boats in the water and who's ahead, what direction are they going? They can start to put that in the broadcast along with some telemetry information. And then what I think is kind of really exciting is to provide also a mobile app experience where it's configurable. Because there's always been this problem with adding analytics to the broadcast with the linear approach. Because yep. the stuff that's exciting to data-hungry fans is really annoying to a bunch of other people, but in a direct-to-consumer app kind of context, it really becomes like a video game. You want to have crazy numbers everywhere. You want to have a telemetry view with the TV view um, small. You just go and configure it. So they've, they've done it here, and I think we're going to sort of look back and see that they are you know, quite forward-thinking, and that's going to apply to a lot of other sports as well in the future. So and, and you know, in terms of as you have done this, uh, how, what has the impact been for growing fan interest? Because I think that's really the key of what we're talking about. I think sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I, I've seen a lot of sports where they start out with thinking, okay, we're gathering telemetry data, XYZ telemetry on the players and the balls. Let's put that on the screen. So let's show in baseball how fast someone's running or how high they jumped. But, you know, it, it doesn't mean anything because you don't have the context. Then they start to sort of say, well, let's put it in context to say, well, this is the third highest exit velocity for a pitcher this season. Okay, that's a little bit better, but still, you know, it's, it's sort of that one moment in time thing. And, and I think some of the, where they've got it the most right is when they, the stats can help us understand some of the, or help provide some data justification for some of the opinions that have always been shared. Like, oh, that was an amazing catch. Well, what if we could see, well, we have a machine learning model trained on thousands of, of NFL catches to know that on average we should only expect three out of a thousand people to catch that ball, which is like the Odell Beckham uh, uh, famous yeah. catch. Or understanding if a player in a soccer match 
gets red flagged when they go, oh, that really kills their opportunity to win. But if you have a model of win probability, you can sort of show a before and after. Yeah. And so we're kind of seeing that progression, but it's very different in, in different sports. To back that up with Ariel, if you were to, to connect it to win probability, which is great, if you were to look at the overhead camera data and the players who move the slowest in the NBA, it is literally every all-star in the league. <laughs> and what you learn pretty quickly is that the all-stars are just more efficient in their movement. They can beat a player on their first move versus their second move. They're not, they can contribute in ways using their IQ more than their speed and things like that. And so if you were to just say, I'll get the fastest basketball players, you would get all the rookies in the league who provably don't contribute a whole lot usually. I do think in the office and business, it's the opposite. It's tend, the people <laughs> who move quickly tend to be a little bit more successful, but. Yeah, we, we need some cameras. Let's not just assume that. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I just, I, I generally love thinking about that application because um, I... Can I say one yeah, thing? Yeah, of course. Uh, just to back up, Jessica, if they had cameras inside the craft oh uh, facility, uh, she used to move very fast and, uh, and, <laughs> and provably did what, Jessica? Oh. <laughs> and here it begins. Yeah. So, yes, what happened is about my... First or second week uh, working with the Kraft family, I was running out to go literally to the running, literally, literally running, running and I um, ran out of my office and ran right into Coach Belichick, and like nailed him against the wall. <laughs> he was very startled, <laughs> and um, and I, you know, I was like, oh, trying to let me know if you need me on Sunday, so. <laughs> I didn't, and, I didn't. And you're very, and you're very successful QED. Yeah. Ariel's right. Speed in the office. Yeah. There's a correlation. Yeah. Anyways, um, there was no reaction to that comment, by the way, which was also pretty depressing for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I, but I think as we think about other sports where that type of technology could be applicable, uh, I, I mean, just what are some ideas? I mean, you, you obviously shared one right there, but and, I, and you may or may not have an answer here. NFL, NBA, or like, I mean, this is something when I, I hear, I think someone has said this on Twitter, where they're like, you know, when they are having these, these athletes, whoever they are doing the work, it'd be really cool to see just like a normal person and where they are in like the race. Um, oh, the Rich Eisen cam. Is that, you know, yeah, they, yeah. They, they overlay Rich Eisen or all the We're NFL the players doing the same. It's very, it's very good. Yeah, it's cool. Well, I think it goes back to what you're saying. It's about personalization because the more we can actually give a fan the ability to, to look at it. I mean, I think certainly in most sports to see actually how supreme these athletes are, whether, whether it's any one of these sports. I mean, the first step for a, a basketball player or the speed or, or whatever else it may be. To me, I think that the more we can actually provide that to the fan and they can customize the view or the engagement in the sport the way they want to see it, yep. I think that it starts to, to, to probably put us in a better light in terms of how great these athletes actually are. Golf might, would lend itself to that pretty well yeah. for any course if they had the data on the average sort of players that go through what they do in certain positions. Yeah. Yeah. To back up your point, Jessica, and you might have seen this, Kathy, but a, a comment by I think a random Twitter user saying, I want to see what an average person does on every Olympic yeah. sport, because there are all these like people on Twitter, I could do that. My favorite would be, 
would be ski jump and just yeah. as they just yeah, plummet just to their death. Skeleton. Well, I mean, who, who, who didn't who didn't watch curling and think I can act? That, of course, I can do that. I've so, done curling and yeah, no, it is we not easy. The rink or on, it is not on, like, easy. The fake curling that we. No, I yeah. did the real curling in yeah. Duluth. I did it. I did an OG style in yeah. Duluth. I like it. And I tried I was, real curling hard once. It was pretty hard. It's, it's hard. Very, yeah. very hard. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be able to. You have to, the, what is that thing where you like squat? Low, low squat. Once, and like yeah. squat and, yeah. Yeah, no, and, and tripping over those rock things. Not yeah. <laughs> and sweeping. I mean, None of us are good at sweeping. No. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, not was, you guys. <laughs> no, no. I was just a natural at curling. I beat you on the first try. <laughs> that was fake curling. Fake curling. It calls winning. That was like little wheel. Winning. Yeah, um, real, real curling. Let's do it. All right. So um, let's talk about the role of technology. Uh, and how it's evolved in some sports. So the example I'm gonna give here is um, tennis and the electronic line judge, right? That's something that was just like, duh. Yes, that's great, they don't have line judges anymore. So what can and should we prioritize automating in sports? I mean, ball strike calls, right? Yes. I don't really see why that should be subjective. There are some issues as far as how you define different spots, but like- Are you trying to eliminate jobs, Nate? <laughs> well, they've, I mean, you know, they're, they're pretty close. You know, they started off maybe five years ago using that to judge the umpires, and then they've had it in the minor leagues feeding the calls into the ears of the umpires for a while. So I think it's, it's just a matter of time. I mean, I think any sport where you have rules that are simple, well, that are telemetry-based, where there's a clear yes-no answer, yep. you could automate that and you probably should be better the fan more consistent no one wants to see a season end on a bad called strike um, but but there's a lot of rules that are more vague yeah. like I can't imagine a computer vision system calling fouls in the NBA or calling what's what's pass interference in the NFL it's just it's not a black and white definition of the rule it's hard we'd welcome it the NBA has done a good job they're trying to automate all the rules that are automatable yeah. to your point uh, goaltending I know is a goal of theirs um, uh, they've they've automatically done two versus three so that's done at every sort of break in the game and they'll correct the score uh, so they've done it they've done a good job of that and I think I would love if block charge was done with overhead cameras because even if it's wrong so are the refs so it's like let's just get it wrong in an automated way quickly <laughs> and just and just and just move move on so because no, sometimes people blame the technology when they really should be blaming the rule right if you don't yes. like the fact that now in soccer yeah you have the replay the guy yeah. comes off the line right yeah. makes it even harder to stop the penalty then have some leeway let him take one step beforehand or something but like but don't have a bad rule that's poorly enforced, right? Uh, that's kind of a lose-lose. Yeah. And to go on a tennis rant, if even if the even if the line is wrong, you just show everyone a cartoon of what happened, and they <laughs> yeah. will and they'll believe it, even if it has nothing to do with reality. So I, I went to a tennis match maybe six months ago, and the fans seemed very happy. I didn't see a lot of complaints, no yelling at the judges by the, by the players. Yeah, so what they although, could do. Although there was something about the McEnroe Connors era that, that was, was kind of fun. That was well, fighting that was, was fun in hockey yeah, too. Yeah, 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 fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> to finish, like if we did automate a block charge in NBA, for yeah. sure what we should do is show a 2K rendering of the block charge and make it way more clear, even if it's totally fake, of who had the yeah. block or the charge. People would be like, all right, I trust the cartoon. It's great. <laughs> I love it. I, it Rex uh, Chapman would be, not be happy if right. the block charge went away from his Twitter. That's true. It is true. Good follow. Thank you. Um, so I'm going to uh, shift gears a little bit. Uh, 
you know, want to talk about specifically the, the awesome task that Kathy, you have in front of you. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing because before she says like, every time I talk to someone, they talk about my awesome, huge task. Yeah. I'm it, sure that's very, yeah. very. Just to build basically a Fortune 500 company. I mean. Yeah. Well, we, there's a lot of we. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. A lot you of we. Lead, you yeah. have to lead. So you, there's a quote that you have. The priority will be to see how we can change the discourse and think differently about the games themselves. This is for LA 28. We need to differentiate between what is a must and what is, what is an opportunity to do things differently. And so my question to everyone except Kathy is what do you think LA28 needs to do differently? This is free consulting for you, Kathy. I appreciate that. I mean, some things take care of themselves. Hopefully not having COVID-28 would be good. <laughs> having fans in the state. Don't have a pandemic. Well, yeah. Great, well, great yeah. suggestion. Dave. Yeah, not committing human rights violations and threatening <laughs> to detain journalists and stuff like that would be good progress. But like, <laughs> no, I... To the, to the broadcasting point way. earlier, no, I think the Olympics have this issue now, which is that people are so used to consuming content on demand in the way they want. Like, I found it very hard. There have been three straight Olympics that are in a poor time zone if you're in the U.S., right? Um, which you can't blame. Most of the world's people live in Asia, right? So it's not unfair, but, like, the Olympics have to kind of, I think, adapt to that. You can't just have this, like, prepackaged, um, beautifully produced, but tape-delayed deal. It might work for some fans, but giving fans who are, like, sports junkies one experience and giving fans who like the traditional presentation a different experience and finding way. And of course things have improved, but like I think the declining rating for this year's Olympics suggests that there is more room to improve on that front. I, my suggestion I gave to Kathy was if you watch Olympics, there's always like huge swaths of empty seats and we should prioritize the fans and not the media. Generally, that's like the media is supposed to sit there and they don't show up. That's my understanding. So mm -hmm. put the fans at the center. I think Kathy's going to do it. I, Kathy just has to nod during this whole part. Yeah. That... She's then going to say what. Oh, the actual yeah, answer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not the actual, but some of the ideas. Yeah, I, I've done a lot of research on this, and I think the key is to have athletes flying in the air in front of nuclear power plants. Yeah. <laughs> because fans love that. I mean, it blows up on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> it did get a lot of engagement. It did get a lot of engagement. It did get a lot of engagement. Uh, OK, so I agree with Daryl. Actually, I agree with all of you. Um, we're not, we don't have ski jumping in, in the summer games, so I think we'll take care of that part. San Onofre. Um, but uh, <laughs> but, but um, we, we actually think putting fans front, front and center is a really important piece of that. Uh, there's a number of my colleagues that are out here, and, and we've been listening and learning throughout the course of the weekend because uh, I think that uh, if we put the fan front and center, what Nate is talking about is how do you actually customize the experience for the individual as opposed to ask the individual. We talk a lot about the fact that, that LA is this amazing backdrop, already have a lot of the facility, all the facilities are already in place. And so, you know, we have an adage that you can put, you can fit the games to the community as opposed to fit the community to the games. Um, and I think you could say the same thing in terms of the fan experience. And that's one of the things we, we truly need to innovate on, which is how do you actually allow the fan to engage the way they want to and not the way that you tell them to, which I think is, is one of the critical innovations that seems pretty simple. Um, but it's hard in its, uh, in its execution. I have another suggestion. You should triple and synchronize more sports. <laughs> triple and synchronize. Yeah, because you have 
jumping, but you know, triple Synchronized jumping. triple jump. Okay. And, and, then and synchronize. you can synchronize right. everything. I don't know why we've just chosen a few sports to synchronize. Let's synchronize that. all of them. I, I think that, that, that like, we could take that one on. More, more. I like that one. I think we I can. see more revenue. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch it up now. And um, we're going to talk about goat of goats. There's a lot of goats going around. Does anyone think that term has been using is being used too loosely? I feel like everyone's a goat. Yeah. yeah thank you. Okay. Well, we're going to go through the actual goats. Um, who are we including in our list of goats, and what is our criteria? So we're going to come up with a list here, and then uh, and 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 what the criteria is that we'll define, and then we'll say who we think is the actual goat. So, criteria, Nate. Give me one, each of you, one criteria for a goat. Uh, dominant in his or her sport for a long period of time. Okay, Serena Williams. Okay. You can't say the person yet that you would yeah. choose. I'd add to that postseason success. Okay. You can debate each other after they say something, Daryl. Well, you're skipping Kathy? No, no, I'm, 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 I'm thinking you're... Oh, I am not sure to jump in, don't worry. Yeah. I, I would have said, I would say consistency, which is in part what Nate has said with, uh, with longevity. It's related to dominance, but I would say some game-changing method of, their, of attacking their sport that puts them at multiple standard deviations of over others who went before them. And I'm gonna say performance and pressure situations. Mm. Ooh. No, I like that okay. one. Sounds like playoffs. I think you're stealing that from Ariel. Again, different types of pressure, different <laughs> types. Um, okay, so let's go, with, let's go with the suggestions and names. I obviously already gave one, so I'll say Serena. Now, do, I mean, lots what, of names. Can, do we have to do more names? Because I would have gone yes. too. Oh, more names, definitely, definitely. Let's yeah. go. Are we going in order again? Or? No, whatever. Oh, go yes. ahead, Kathy. Well, no, I would have said Serena, too. I mean, oh. is there anybody else that can stand up to Serena Williams? Yeah, Simone, Simone Biles. There you go. Tom Brady, come yeah, on. Yeah, that's why I'm... Michael Jordan. I, yeah, no, <laughs> see, I don't know. I mean, but, but how do you, you say Michael Jordan, but then we have the debate about if he's really the greatest of all oh. time, where do you put LeBron in that? You're saying if there's a debate, then by definition, not no. the goat of goats. Well, I mean, if we're talking That's about the goat criteria. of goats, right? Okay, oh, that is that great. I trade. Yeah, that is no debate. But I don't disagree. I mean, I listen. I'm a huge Michael fan, and, but but at the end of the day, others have have achieved at perhaps the same level uh, as he has. Um, now, I, I I think that I mean the, the thing that Brady has going for him in this case, in my opinion, that seems so huge is. It's a sport that is defined by short career lengths and that it's this excellence of outcomes over such a long period of time. You just don't, you don't see that a lot. It's also a sport, most, the best design for parody is football and he's somehow stayed on top. Yeah, so the rubber band pulling you back to the center in the NFL is much stronger than some of these other sports. I mean, to me, well, Tiger Woods should be on the list, I think. S Simone is like playing a different sport. So this is, that was why part of the criteria. Like she's, she can like fall twice and still win. Like it's, should we she's consider, literally like five standard deviations ahead of other people. Should we consider how many people participate in these sports? Cause then well, like you're trying to eliminate ping pong or something? Basketball gets a big boost. 
Mm. You know, oh, yes. golf is more exclusive. Fair. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a good point. The, um, the, this longevity one, though, is also interesting to me because it's changing, right? The number of, the number of across sports, the number of athletes who are playing much longer yeah. because of all, everything that we've learned about the human body. And so, you know, we might very well see people starting to play, I don't know, I mean, into their 50s. Daryl, you're about to turn 50, so. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. It's yeah. fun to share. Half a century. All right. Anyone else? I have a. I personally have a couple other ones on my list, but to 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 consider Michael Phelps. Yeah. I, well, let's go back. I mean, I think I think you've got to keep Tom on the on the list. You got to put Michael okay. Phelps. You got to have yep. Simone. You got to have Serena. Yep. What about anyone from baseball? I was having trouble kind yeah. of no. picking one. That I, I think the debate criteria kills baseball, okay. basketball. Yeah. What about? Yeah. yeah. Oh no, Soccer. Gretzky. I mean, isn't well, Gretzky? Let's, wide? I think that's there are some like Bobby or hardcore nerd argument. And they're right? defendable? I don't know if they're good arguments or not. I don't know quite <laughs> enough about hockey, but like it's not, there's not a consensus about Gretzky oh. among hockey nerds right. like you would think. Out. Okay. Sorry, Messi. Messi. Yeah. I, I put Messi in that group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then poor Cricket. None of us know Cricket, but I'm sure there's some guy. Brian Lara. There you go. He was on the EA video game, so that's. <laughs> that's how you know, yeah. okay. Got it. You see, we have an audience panel on that one, or what? No? The audience panel? Oh yeah, I wish yeah. that we had. Uh, Where's your iPad? Your I don't know. I don't have an iPad. You have no iPad? No. Oh. Um, iPad. Hey, uh, can we have people tweet in? Yeah, people to, we've missed. Yeah, yeah. What, what? Are we deciding? No, I didn't know if that today? was. Possible, I think they decide. But... No, it's a great idea, but I, I really do not have an iPad. <laughs> Probably ran out of batteries. She's ready to kill someone right now. <laughs> I am so upset. <laughs> I'm so upset. Okay, so we'll come back to this. The other, the other, the other two I would potentially throw in here are Usain Bolt and Diana Taurasi. Uh, yeah, both. Yep, yeah. yep. I think there or is. Or Sue is 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 Diana's clearly better than Sue. Okay, all right. Well, I mean, no, Sue, <laughs> no. I think Sue's best point guard. Okay, for okay, sure. Okay. Um, no, Taurasi's okay. next level. Next, next level. All right. Okay. So we'll come back to that. We'll get the the votes from the audience. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> if I get an iPad. All right, we're gonna go to game time. Oh, what's game time? Game time. Oh, is this the one where we do? Oh, the, you just usually the, the say bench. game time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the bench trade thing. Yeah, bench trade tag. Tag. It's tag. We've been playing it for a little bit. It's I'm, our twist on kiss, yes. date, or marry. Yes. And so. Don't question the categories. Just roll with it. Right. I mean, if, if you want the help, bench is, I can't make the connection. That's the worst. Uh, Kill. Kill. Or no, trade might be the worst. Um, no, bench is the worst. You're bench not worst. playing anymore. Yes. Yeah. Trade is, you're not part of the team. And then tag is, that's the best. Okay. Yeah. Just, yeah. All right. So we're going to give you these options. The key thing, and you're going to say bench, trade, one person can answer, you can debate the answer. Uh, but why? Why are you saying this? Okay, so the sport that should be added to the Olympics, MMA, chess, cricket. <laughs> Which are you gonna bench? Which are you gonna trade? Which are you gonna tag? I feel bad that you guys don't have pen and paper to write that, write it down. Who are we? Are we ourselves? Or are we Kathy? Are we trying to help the Olympics? Or are we just 
Just answer. Add, Who just, are you? Just, just, just go for it. Uh, just go for it. I would say, I'll start it. I'll start it. Let's sure. see what people think. And this is, you know, I'd say, I got to remember this bench. Tra trade. Just go tap. with it, Kathy. It right. doesn't have to make bench, sense. Okay, I know. Bench, I'm going to say, what were the three again? MMA, MMA chess, chess, and cricket. And cricket. I learned a lot just earlier about chess, so I might actually put them on the. I'm going to bench MMA, I'm going to tag. Uh, cricket, and I'm gonna trade chess. I have no idea what I just said. And why? <laughs> and why? why? Okay, why are you tagging cricket? That's really the question. I mean, global. I mean, globally, outside of our country, it's a huge sport, driving massive engagement across lots of different populations. I have no clue what the rules are, um, but when you look at the data, I mean, it's it's a it is one of the world's largest sports. Thank you, British Empire. Yeah, appreciate <laughs> yeah, that. That's right. Uh, so that's why I would say cricket. Um, I think uh, trade chess. I have no idea how I would uh, associate trade in this, uh, but I think chess <laughs> is terrific. I learned a lot about it earlier. What did we learn? It's like it, it is um, the number one esport in the world. You have number one esport in the world. I, I don't know. We just talked about it before. MMA, I love. I think it would be amazing. I just think that uh, there's a lot to be done in order to potentially look at that in the Olympics, even though I think it'd be amazing. Um, but they don't, we don't have a governing body. We don't body. have a govern, a, an international so I'm learning, governing I'm body. I'm learning from Kathy, you need a governing body yeah, to make the any. Olympics. So yeah. I'm a little too close to that stuff though. But stay tuned, maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. We'll be putting four new ones into the Olympics, 2028. So what would you guys say? Yeah. Tell me what we should Synchronized be Synchronized MMA. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will tag chess. I mean, it, it has everything. It has the largest base, it's global, right? Uh, in the rapid form, it's interesting, very low cost. Yeah, we discussed that. Uh, our, has our big, big names like Magnus Carlsen, uh, so I'm tagging that. Um, I'm gonna bench MMA because I learned this from Kathy, yeah, just issues with, you know, trying to kill people and, uh, and they bad. don't have a governing body, all those kinds of things. And then... Uh, they have well, an exit path from the bench. They need, they need to get <laughs> exit path, a governing yeah. body. And then uh, trade cricket, because cricket's, yeah, sounds, sounds awesome. I don't know. I'm, I don't know anything about cricket. <laughs> so. I, I, yeah, I think in our goat discussion, we should have included uh, cricket, goat. No, no, he added a cricket goat. Yeah, Brian what? Lara. Oh, sorry, I didn't hear you say that. Yeah. There's some, like... I met him once, nice guy. I don't think he's a cricket goat, though. Only, only cricket person. Yeah, there's, there's, <laughs> there's some debate. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, well, let's add the real goat once we have someone help us with who that is. Yeah. I was hoping to I mean, I, you know, I, look, are we ready to call chess a sport? <laughs> <laughs> or is it okay? Because the Olympics used to have, like, arts competitions and stuff like that, right? The, yeah. They, I, yeah they I, I love speed chess. walking. If chess, if chess, like, why not poker? Poker is the only chance I would ever have to win an Olympic medal, so I'm a little partial to that. But it's hard to not call it a sport if you're calling esports a sport. So I think it's sort of wrapped. It up has the word sport in it. No, but these things. I mean, like That's poker players now understand the importance of physical fitness. Not all of them. There's a divide, but like it does matter quite a bit, and there is some stamina required. But like I, I, I don't know. We're kind of crossing a Rubicon there potentially, yeah. for better or for worse. Yeah. And cricket and MMA both have very large international audiences. Um, and probably should be Olympic sports. 
Well, it gets into the Hall of Fame. Like, if you start debating what's a sport, you'll go to the low, like speed walking, then you can have anything. Once you have speed walking, any sport's okay. Although you're getting rid of that, right? Speed walking. Still to be determined. Oh, sorry, speed walking. I thought you. I don't even know. If this is the land. <laughs> Already had eliminated. Yeah, apparently All the Jessica's... speed walkers are hitting up on Twitter right now. I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> By the way, I'm going to get in trouble in the MMA discussion too. Everybody wants to do. We're going to take a look. I, if Rachel's still out there, she told me that we're going to look at drone racing. Uh, yeah. Which, yeah. It's all fun and games until you're part of a multi-billion dollar empire. <laughs> People pay attention. All right. I'm an, I'm, I'm Wait, just... Ariel doesn't get to answer? Oh. Oh, uh, I, uh, I'll tag. <laughs> I don't know I'll if you tag, want to add I'm going to tag the chest, but I don't really have anything incremental to add. I think points have been made. All right. So now we'll, we'll start with him on the next question, oh. so it'll be a little bit more fair. Um, which sport should we remove from the Olympics? Don't forget to say why. The triple jump, <laughs> synchronized anything, but synchronized swimming, or the modern pentathlon. <laughs> Do you know what the modern pentathlon is? Well, Kathy does. This is... <laughs> is it like half a decathlon? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the regular pentathlon. Okay. Yeah. The modern. Pentathlon. The modern pentathlon. <laughs> it's interpretive. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit, kind of. We'll come back to that. There's shooting in it. That's all I know. They shoot something yeah. in the pentathlon, I think. And riding a horse. Oh, the horse I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. I was a competitive swimmer a long time ago in the olden days when I was in high school, and I never understood synchronized swimming. So it could just be my ignorance, but it just seemed more like ballet underwater. Um, so I, I don't know. If we had to get rid of one, I apologize to the synchronized swimmers. but That's the one. Does modern pentathlon involve horses? Mm -hmm. Apparently, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think getting rid of horse sports, because <laughs> like they're very like they're very like elitist, right? Well, and it's not really more the, horse. the horses. Horses. It's and not it's even horse. like the rest of the Olympics are humans. Yeah. <laughs> like the <laughs> horse. Get a medal. If you give them the, the horse, the horse then Olympics, then we should have pentathlon. I'm not answering. This yet. <laughs> <laughs> Wise decision. Is there one you're going to get rid of anyway? You can say. Oh, no. Sorry. I'm not answering this one. Smart, smart. <laughs> uh, I would, I mean, triple jump. Like, why have two or four or five jumps? Like, why triple? There must be some history, so I get rid of triple jump. Anything where arbitrarily doubling or tripling something makes, makes no sense. So, triple jump. Arbit it is arbitrary. All right. Rules for soccer that we would like to add. Okay. I so. don't think I can answer this one either. Can I, can I just oh. jump in and Because he's going to go off and so go crazy. You, you know. You know. And I'm only a, get and one. I, and I'm a purist. You're a purist. Oh. Yeah. There's not a single soccer rule you the would maintain. Of, what we try to do with Sorry, these next set of questions. What's that? What we try to do with these next set, it's still the bench um, trade oh. tag, is take concepts from other sports and apply mm. them to, say, soccer. So it's... It's, it's, it's uh, All right. you know, what All can right. improve the game. Okay, but hold on, Ariel. The you thing I, I completely have, I've asked this question many times, I've never heard a good argument against unlimited substitution. It seems like it would make the game, make the strategy a lot deeper, it would be exciting for the fans, and the way I just keep hearing tradition is the reason. But I'm how not about, an expert. How about live, like hockey? Wait, you guys are jumping the that. shark here. This is not how the game is played. <laughs> 
The game is played that I give you three options, oh, sorry. and oh. then you bench, but we could trade or I bench the game. <laughs> oh. It's your game. Kobayashi. Oh. You made this it is, up. No, I did not Kobayashi make this game up. It's, he yeah. made it up. I did not make this up. Not the okay. categories. Rules for soccer. Okay. I actually asked Daryl what the rules should be, oh, but you're okay. right. He didn't make it up. Um, so, the, so first one is the shot clock. Bench, trader, tag, and why? Should we have hockey-type fouls where you go into the penalty box versus getting out of the game with a red card? Uh, should we have live subs like hockey? Mm. Okay. Bench, trade, tag. Ariel. Okay, so I'm going to tag the live substitutions. Yep. Don't fully understand. I can't visualize the penalty box thing working. What was the uh, third well, one? It's like instead of a, a red yellow card, you get a five, five for five. You, you get a timeout. You get a timeout for five minutes. You get a box until you come back in. Yeah. Look, uh, the, the other thing, I've, I think it might be interesting if the, the power play thing seems like it has potential of having less players on, on the field. Now, I'll, I'm not a soccer fan, so I'm at, totally out of my um, maybe, right. not right, but knowledge. But anyways, that's what I do. What was the third one? Shot clock. Shot clock. Can you imagine how much more high-scoring soccer would be? I think you don't have def as def you don't have possessions that are defined enough. I think that would would every time another player touches the ball to a certain extent, you switch it. It doesn't seem like it would work. We have the same problem in basketball. Yeah, it, it would work. Okay. I would tag the penalty box. I think the penalty box is cool. It's one of the great things about hockey. Um, but also you have this problem in soccer where like the punishments are like too disproportionate. Um, awarding a penalty, I think the Athletics, someone had a good piece about this, right? Um, you almost never actually have like an 80% chance to score when that foul occurs, and so it's disproportionate, right? The impact of a red card basically swings win probability by 20 or 30% or something, I'd imagine. Maybe that's wrong. I have no idea, but pretty big. Um, so having things that are more incremental for short-term uh, short ejections, um, I guess not an ejection, short-term penalties. Um, and they do it in water polo, which... Yeah. Some similarities, and it works pretty well there. Yeah, or taking penalties from the 35-yard line, maybe for some infractions, running penalty. Um, the equivalent but, for folks is if there was a foul in basketball, you'd get one free throw for 10 points. That's a soccer yeah. penalty, basically. Yeah. yeah. You only tagged one. You didn't do the other two. Oh, the shot clock is dumb. I would, I would... Wait, what's the worst one? Trade or dump or... Put <laughs> uh, soccer on waiver wire. It should be yeah. released. Not Buy out. <laughs> Buy. <laughs> I just like trade him for, trade it for John Wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Daryl's like, I'm gonna Can't get comment. fined for something Nate said. <laughs> yeah, you're getting me in trouble. Um, okay. I'm not answering. I think those are all dumb. Wow. <laughs> Okay, let's no, no. By the way, to be, here. Yeah, to, be said, to be fair, though, here's what I would do. Mm. I would change the offside rule. Okay, well, how, would, how are you changing it? I would, right now, even is, you know, it's slightest, your elbow can be off and you're mm. off. And mm. I think that the way that they do it in the Premier League with the way that they do VAR is stupid um, because it changes the enjoyment of the game. So mm. I'd change how and where that, that actually could, could happen. Mm. Um, I would change the rules for head injuries and substitutions because I think that would be better for player safety. Um, 
and and I actually think you might be onto something there with different different around the penalty uh, about a, a penalty and and having a, a penalty kick. So you tag that then? Yeah, yeah I, I would want to look. No, I don't think I'd tag it. But you I just trade I'd, it. I, I know. I think I'd look at it a little bit. You'd look more. at it. Yeah, but I actually think it's, it, it, the refinement of the game actually could be done to increase the joy out of it. Mm -hmm. But and I, to me, it's offside. I think the way that uh, the replays being put into the games change the way people look at it, and I think it takes too long. To give credit to Nate, maybe, but what about the hockey offsides? It's pretty easy to understand. Blue lines, well, you go across two lines. I don't even know hockey well enough to answer, but I'm pretty sure that's how they do it. Mm -hmm. It's a much clearer rule to me with less video over review, so yeah. think about that one. All right, I'll yeah. think about that one. I'll take that one back to the guys in Scotland. What I think I want to establish, though, is that Nate last year or two years ago said that soccer had the best rules, and I think we've proven that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's the most popular sport worldwide. It is. Listen, Look. it's you know, the, the five most popular sports in the world. Soccer, Must have soccer, good soccer, rules. soccer, soccer, soccer. Yeah. Really? Oh, it would be 30% more popular once we adopt <laughs> Nate's <laughs> rules. Okay. Yeah. I like all, tag them all. <laughs> yeah. Shot clock yeah. would be awesome. Like, why, why do people not like shot clock? Like, what's the, what's the number of seconds? It's like a minute, let's go a minute. And then it resets after each minute? That's and you how a shot it. clock works, yep. Okay. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a fast pace. Well, um, can you imagine in 1952, like everyone's here like, oh no, basketball, I love four corners. It's awesome, I love passing the ball around. It's like great. having like a three minute shot clock to penalize extreme lack of action. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah think, three minutes then, start I think there. I questioning your minute. You obviously haven't run a soccer Okay, fine, recently. three minutes, whatever. Okay. And they'll fix it to a minute later, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he doesn't like triples, okay, there we yeah. go. <laughs> Rules for basketball, right? So here's ones that we're, that we're thinking about. Daryl, again, had some influence, even though he doesn't know the game. One <laughs> free throw per free throw trip, which is already happening in the G League. The Elam ending, which is happening in the All-Star game. Uh, do you want to explain what that is, Daryl? For, for Elam ending, yeah. Um, basically, instead of, ha like, all sports with a clock, We'd like to get rid of the clock because the clock introduces so many like distortions. Speaking of soccer, they count the wrong way with the clock and everything. But anyway, um, and so if you can eliminate those, it's always an advantage. Baseball has this quixotic, it could go forever, but it doesn't. But you know, and so long story short, you get towards the end of the game and you, you add 10 to the team leading or some amount of points. So if the game is 95-85 with six minutes to go, whoever gets to 105 first wins, and you just get rid of the clock at that point, and now you, and now you just play the game like it's pickup. Okay, so he did a good job of explaining that. I don't know if it was good, but all right. And, and the third one is the, a sixth personal, on the sixth personal foul, you get a free throw and the ball. Is that right? Yeah, free rather throw and than, the ball. Rather than that... Yeah, we're, basketball is the only sport that takes their best players out of the game. It, you know, basically, well, that's not true. Soccer does it too, but um, yeah, it'd be like if the NFL was like Tom Brady, you false started twice. Sorry, you know, in comes uh, in comes Jarrett, Jarrett Stidham. <laughs> so, all right. Well, so here we go. Four, 
Let's we'll start with Kathy because she doesn't want to fix soccer. So let's have okay, her okay. fix basketball. So just now. a reminder, okay. one free throw uh -huh. per... You get that one? one yeah, one yeah. free throw per, per free throw. You get two so. points for that free throw, right? Oh, it's just like you always go to the line for one shot and it's worth whatever. So if it's a foul on a three-pointer, it's worth three. Foul on a two-pointer, it's worth two. If it's an end one, it's still one. Yeah. Elam ending. Mm -hmm. Or the sixth personal foul and it's a free throw rather than being booted from the game. I'm going to tag the, whatever, the 105. What's mm. that called? The Elam. Elam. I'm, going to ta I'm tagging that. I think that's an awesome way to, to energize the game. Um, I'm going to bench the uh, single free throw, and I'm going to trade the sixth and one. Because actually, I think the best idea is the Elam. Mm. Yeah. That's why I think that's an awesome idea. And it's proven. I think it's, it's made the... It's an all-star game, yeah. They, yeah. They, it's made the all-star game watchable. I think it's inevitable. Yeah, NBA yeah. overtime is going to go to this pretty shortly, I yeah. think, oh. where you just play to 10, and whoever gets the 10 first wins. Uh, I'd probably tag the one free throw. Um, I also like if you only give one two-point free throw for a three-point attempt as well, that like slightly reduces the value of, you know, James Harden stuff. Uh, I like the Elam ending. It's like one of those things where like, I like the ending of regular basketball games too. So it's kind of like if that's the way um, basketball had been invented. It's like the second base rule in baseball, right? Inherently, it's not that bad. It's just very different. Um, if they had been the rule all along, it might be one thing. But I think I like Elam. Maybe this compromise of like, try it for overtime. That seems very, very natural to me, right? Um, and then what's the last one? Oh, yeah. I mean, guys don't really foul out in the NBA that much anymore anyway. I mean, six fouls is reasonably generous, right? Didn't Hakeem once foul out of an all-star game, right? It used to be different back in the day. Um, Someone but, was trying. <laughs> yeah, but like, but like, I've tried to actually measure the effect of like fouling out. It's, it's pretty minor. Um, I don't care much either way, so I'd, I'd waiver wire it. I mean, I love that you've looked at that. Ariel? Well, I would, I would drop bench drop the, um, the sixth foul thing for the reasons Nate described. I, I do remember, feel like as a kid, I saw people fouling out more. It seems like it doesn't happen that much. I haven't looked at the data. Um, I, I'd never heard of the Elam rule until yesterday. I looked at it, I watched some of the clips from that tournament that uses it, and it is really exciting. So oh, I TBT love it. you're talking about. Yeah, that. I love it, but at the same time, I had this like pit in my stomach feeling that it would somehow change the end of games in a way that would be unsatisfying. But I think the yeah. main criticism that's real that maybe is fixable is that uh, games will end on free throws mm. and some people, which can happen with a clock, but it's more rare. I think people don't like that aspect, but I think that's fixable, but yeah. And then what was the last one again? The um, One free throw per... Yeah, I think that's a no-brainer. I mean, it seems like it would really speed up the game and remove, you know, relative dullness for more excitement. Feels like a lot of rules should change. Oh, yeah. Can you comment on this and not get in trouble? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very nervous, though. Do you want to just not? Oh, no, I love all of them, yeah. Okay. Tag them all. <laughs> Does that work in football? Can you tag a bunch of people? No. I don't I think, think that's so. how it works. Get one. Okay. Yeah, one. All right. Um, okay. Best sport city. <laughs> well, that's a, you can't ask me that, but... I can't, I mean, I've okay. got one answer too. I'm Only gonna... Nate, and, uh, Nate has a tiger's hat on. <laughs> like, yeah. 
Okay, I won't ask that one. The By the way, I will say, how can we, uh, well, let's get in a debate. Like, if we want to say, like, because yeah. oh. you're going to say your city, you're going to say your city. Oh. Tampa Bay say, has branded itself as a city of champions. Well, that, of course, <laughs> is very authentic, yet last yeah. year. Um, but as we think about the future, I don't see how anybody can debate uh, that L.A. is the sports capital of the world. Oh, my. Well, <laughs> we Tampa talk Bay, to first then. off, loses 10% <laughs> yeah. of their fans every year. Um, <laughs> Why is that? I'm not <laughs> for the an exercise for the audience. <laughs> Why 10% of Tampa disappears every year, and then they uh, die. They die. <laughs> I know the answer. Okay, I just, <laughs> Philadelphia. I, I can I can say this without question is the most intense fans I've ever been around by by a big margin. So you're saying the intensity of the fan is what makes it a good sports city? Yes. Not the number of championships? The others That's is your just, metric. The others just counting. Yeah. So why have a debate? Like, you're, yes, just say Boston. Yes, you have the most championships. <laughs> I think there's a criteria that sort of maybe rules out LA or Tampa Bay of like, you, you want to have um, sort of multi-generational fans or a significant portion of the population that were fans in that location for a long period of time. You know, in LA, there's a lot of fans of other teams for, for every sport. Yeah. That's the thing about like Which Boston, so Philly, rich. New York, you get so many of the fans have it sort of intergenerationally in their, in their DNA that just creates so much more passion. It can't be a warm city. Sports involves suffering. <laughs> so, I hear that a lot. Cleveland, exactly. Detroit. <laughs> it has to be cold and you have to suffer. So is it like the best city for being a fan or for like being a... I mean, fans in New York are pretty knowledgeable. That's where I live now. Um, Chicago, same thing, right? Um, the thing that surprised me a bit was Vegas for the Golden Knights. I thought hockey would not work in Vegas at all. I've been to a couple games there and like... People are crazy for hockey in Vegas, and it's not, it's not like big ways from the casinos. It's like locals, yeah. Um, yeah. transplants, so. So you're saying Vegas? As the best sports city? I mean, I'm, I'm in New York now, I'll say New York. Although I think New York's becoming like kind of like a semi like cursed sports city too, right? I mean, between the Nets and the Knicks this year, and like it's been a while. I mean, the Mets, right? We got some issues there. The Rangers have won one Stanley Cup since 19... 48 or something like that. Uh, New York's not consistently good. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, if you count the devils, I guess that helps a little bit. But like New York is kind of becoming like the loser sports city. It's kind of, kind of sad. Well, I'll just have to add one where they're positive for New York. They are the, they did win MLS Cup, New York City Football Club. There we go. There we go. There you go. So, leave it to me. I'm going to bring it back to one of those sports that I'm, that apparently is on the edge for you guys. <laughs> Well, I mean, obviously it's Boston. Um, we're in Boston. You just had that question. So I you I mentioned the Patriots and all the titles. It isn't it. just the Patriots. It's the Red Sox. It's the Celtics. The it's Bruins. the Bruins. Yeah. You know, I mean, the Revs didn't win this year, but, you know, best, best team in the league, best record in the league ever. So, mm. okay. Um, last question. Pick your champion for 2022. Pick whatever sport you want. I'm guessing you cannot do NBA. Well, we don't yeah, have to say for NBA. Yeah. Okay, fine. Um, and uh, pick a sport, and who do you think is going to be champion? NBA, MLS, MLB, NWSL, WNBA. Of all of those, wait, back up what? Pick, 
pick one. Yeah. Pick one. Yeah. We say actually yeah. be baseball, it's a toss-up between the Dodgers and nobody, I think. <laughs> I don't know which is more likely, that there's no champion that the Dodgers win, right? Probably both. The Dodgers are almost 50% of the field in baseball? That seems impossible. I mean, it's not crazy at all, yeah. Wow. Well, I think the real question, hopefully baseball comes back. Well, that's what I'm saying, right? I don't mean Dodgers versus the feet. No, no, no. I mean, like, Dodgers versus no champion is crowned. Oh, no right. champion. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Guys. Yeah. Because there's no World Series, right? Gotcha. Yeah. No, they're not 50%. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's reasonable to hope the Giants kind of take their turn uh, over the Dodgers once the season. You know, they had a tremendous regular season last year. But all this, sort of like the NBA, where it depends so much on how some of these injuries turn out in baseball, you know, they haven't really even started all the player movement, so it's hard to tell. You need to pick it differently. I think that I'm like, I can't do baseball. I don't, I don't, wouldn't know. Um, well, I think, um, why don't I stay with soccer? I think I'm going with the, San Diego, the new San Diego team, the mm. San Diego Wave in the NWL. They're brand new? Brand new yeah. this and they have season. Jill Ellis, wow. the former. So they could beat the Knights as like the best expansion team ever? Well, yeah, but on the field, I don't know if, how they'll do. I think they'll do well, but I think on the field they're going to be really terrific. Um, so I'm going to go with them, which is an out of the box, probably. Um, I'm going to go with the Revs, actually, oh. in, in uh, MLS. You didn't ask me to do multiples, but I'm going to. I'm going to go with, um, what, was, what was one of the other sports? NBA. NBA. I'm going with you, Ben. But yes. I'm going with the Sixers. All right. Yeah. I'm with Kathy. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm only picking one. It's the NBA and it's the Sixers all the way. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So we are at the end of uh, Trash Talking Live. I hope you guys had fun. A, a couple key takeaways from me. Uh, Daryl, you can, any of you could chime in actually, but here's what I got. Um, one, the Chinese have successfully employed analytic approaches uh, to gain more medals. And sounds like there's more that we are starting to do in that space. Um, let's see. Oh, Daryl, the all-stars are the slowest. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a fascinating fact. Good for your Harvard career as well. Wow. Wow. Thanks. <laughs> He's basically saying, how, I am slow. My, my, my coach once called me deceptively quick, which means not fast. <laughs> um, the, I, li I like the, uh, we should change the rule for offsides. I think that makes sense. And that we should automate block or charge. There are others, but that those two really uh, stuck out for me. We should do more personalization of broadcasts. And I think the next one, I think we had suggested or thought was golf, which I liked a lot. Um, changes to the LA programming. Sounds like you agreed with many of them, but customize the programming. Um, and put fans in the best seats. And then I think we've all agreed that NBA OT, pending the free throw situation, should move to Elam. Anything else? Great. I love that you do this in panels. It's awesome. Oh. The summary. We, act we started doing it on the podcast. Oh, the I podcast, it. yes. It was a learning. Yeah. Anyways, let's thank our guests for spending time with us. I hope, we hope, you learned a lot. This was a lot of fun for us. Please stick around for the Alpha Awards. Alpha which Awards. Will start shortly.